And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. We're starting another week. We are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor-in-chief here at Sci-Fi For Me. And we're glad you're here. The live chat is open, and you can share your thoughts, participate in the conversation, ask questions. We are broadcasting live to both YouTube and Odyssey today. We're not broadcasting to Facebook today because Facebook is down. We may talk about that here in a little bit. All right, today we are going to be talking money. It is the first Monday of October, so uh, we're going to jump into that here real quick. A couple of programming notes. Yesterday, Sunday, is the new day and time for Salacious Crumbs. We dropped a new episode yesterday. It is now on every other Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern, so you want to check that out. And tonight we'll have a brand new H2O podcast. Not sure what our topic is going to be. we got to pick one from the list. But that's coming up uh, tonight, and we hope you join us. And joining me now from parts unknown, because he doesn't want us to know, Mr. Matt Stevens is here, and he's he's talking money. So uh, let's... Do you have any control over that, or is that... Do what? Oh, actually, I'm, I'm looking at... Okay. All right. My <laughs> Look, as I'm totally filling the frame with my hand. Okay, oh wait, you know what? I think I know why I did that because. Um, there we go. Let's oh, okay. let's do that because oh, I had That's resized it for another interview while back, and I and oh, okay. I forgot to do that. All right, All so right. Matt's volume is low. Let me turn Matt up a little bit. All right, okay. so how are you, sir? Just fine. Glad to be here. What a crazy day it's already been setting out here because Facebook apparently is down. All of the Facebook-owned platforms are down. And it could be related to the 60 Minutes thing last night. Well, you got to wonder because it's not just the 60 Minutes thing because you have uh, last week uh, the, the whole thing with the... The various different, I think they, there was eight articles in the Wall Street Journal with regard to um, what's going on over at Facebook. And it seems like this could be the precursor to something. Uh, I think it would be. I just can't imagine it being displaced. I have attempted to get involved with other social networks but you know it, it's zuckerberg was right about one thing one will always dominate and uh, it's going to be hard to yeah hard to get beyond that but so. but it also seems this this particular the timing of it uh you, you know you talk about with the whistleblower and all these articles she's supposed to testify to in front of a senate hearing i think either today or tomorrow mm-hmm. But other people are also pointing out that this could possibly be. Oh wait, this could. Let me let me put on my let me put on my conspiracy hat here. This could possibly be 
a false flag because some pieces of that 60 Minutes interview would seem to indicate that she's more interested in censorship of right-leaning groups. Facebook didn't go far enough to censor the alt-right and conservatives and whatnot. This, some people could see this as, well, yes, of course, Facebook is too big and they're greedy and they're evil and whatnot. But what if this is laying the groundwork for more censorship rather than an excuse to remove Section 230 protections? Uh. <clears throat> you could be right. I mean, she absolutely wasn't talking about protecting uh, innocent children. Not much. I mean, she released uh, right. some previous comments about that. I mean, the Instagram yeah. thing is dealing directly with the, the, the teenage girls and body image and self-image and, and suicide uh, it, ideations are up uh, because of all of, uh, all of the stuff that is. And basically, we've known this for a while, that Facebook algorithms are set up in such a way to antagonize to uh, exacerbate certain uh, feelings and hostility and we're going to show you but but a lot of it is is determined by engagement that's what we've been told you click something you like something you share something you comment on a post the algorithm learns and says okay well you're interacting with this let's show you more of this mm -hmm. all of it to me says that Facebook should be given the same treatment that the, that Ma Bell got back in, what, the late 80s, early 90s, when they split yeah. up AT&T and, and all of these different baby bells sprung up. Facebook is too big. I, I, I totally agree. They, they totally dominate the news cycle, and and uh, they serve corporate interests, which, and then Facebook's, uh, they also serve political interests yeah. big time. Well, did you see that article? Somebody was advocating for Amazon and Facebook to have seats at the United Nations because they're that big and influential. I did not see that, but uh, I'm sure they would love that. I, <laughs> well, but, he might have been the ones advocating for it. But that goes that goes back to this whole thing about you know Section 230 and the protections that they have right now that they shouldn't have because. They are acting in a way that is uh, more publisher than platform, and as big as they are and as much influence as they have over political discourse, not just anything else, you know, the consumer side of things, the advertising and, the, you know, the marketplace side of things is immaterial. When you talk about their impact on, on political discourse alone, that ought to, ought to just scream that Section 230 protections should be taken away, and this thing should be regulated as a utility. And they totally control what most people see, and a lot of people, their own news source is Facebook. And uh, yeah, they've kind of replaced what uh, in the med medieval times would have been the uh, the church, as you know, they decide what is true and what we can read, and people can be punished or, or any more uh, dismissed by... Uh, something they say, and Facebook decides who. Yeah. Or some of it. Well, and I'm looking here, the stock price for Facebook has continued to decline, and it's down and down. Um, so far, it's down almost 5.5% today, seven, down $17 a day. And I mean, it's still really expensive, $325 a share, but that's, mm -hmm. that's continuing to decline. It's ticking up just a little bit from the previous, but 
is this an indicator that something else might be going on in the company, do you think? Well, yeah, I, <clears throat> I don't know. They, they're getting their first dose of kind of bad press that they can't control. They can't control what 60 Minutes does. Yeah. Not directly, anyway. What, that we know so, of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, sure that, I'm sure they can have, some, have more influence than we can. Uh, but they'd have to work around it. Yeah. The executives. But yeah, I mean, the chart is, you know, the markets, the markets also sold off some in recent weeks, but I'm looking at the chart here. And uh, yeah, it's, it's gone, it's sold off more than I think uh, the rest of the market. So yeah, we'll see, but it's definitely down today after that very negative piece of press they had yesterday. Well, and now with Facebook down, Instagram down, WhatsApp's down, Messenger is down, that, that feels like bunker mentality let's just shut the whole thing off to to prevent something or avoid something the timing of that i mean i guess it's possible that you could have a ddos attack going on right now but something something has me suspecting that facebook has done it to themselves well at some point uh tyrants always go too far so, <laughs> always. So I don't know that they're there yet. Some of them haven't gotten there like yet. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's going to be an interesting thing to see how long that lasts. I I don't know. I just it's this kind of thing that gives me a, a very strong lack of faith in companies that get way too big. Um, and, and I've, I've never really been a big advocate of the, of the giant, giant corporations. I mean, we've talked about before how much Disney owns, for example, and Amazon is the same way. And the, the amount of commerce and just everyday doing business that depends on these platforms anymore. I mean, we've we've talked about the fact that, you know, we've got to be on all these social media channels to promote our channel because we don't have any money. We've got to rely on word of mouth and link sharing and all that other stuff. But when you have a company that's actively working to squash certain viewpoints mm-hmm. And they continue to get bigger, and they continue to get bigger, and they continue to get bigger, and nobody checks them on any of this. At what point do we get past, are, are we past the point of no return, and we're into, you know, 1984? I mean, the, Facebook very much resembles Big Brother at this point. Well, if they, Amazon didn't have such control over media, for example, owning the uh, uh, major newspaper in Washington, D.C., it probably would have been broken up a long time ago, or at least it would have been. I, I think it would have been. It's it's way too big. Yeah. And they not only squash, you know, they, I mean, they're supposed to be selling products, but they are now a threat to a lot of other industries. I mean, I, uh, UPS, uh, things like Yelp, the they the uh, Yelp may be go out of business because Google decided to start uh, writing reviews and um. And of course, countless mom and pop shops. Which I mean, I, yeah. I think it's great that we can buy wherever we want to buy from the cheapest vendor, but they just are too they're involved too much, and they're totally they're vertically and horizontally integrated. It's yeah. just a, uh, they're they're huge. <laughs> Big surprise. 
big surprise. Well, and you talk about mom and pop shops. There's a there's an article over at TechCrunch uh, that I saw that is an interesting uh, interesting idea here. The headline: Startups have more options than ever to mm-hmm. lower their reliance on venture capital because venture capital and investments and that sort of thing in the in this technology driven age that we're in. I, I keep seeing this. I keep seeing people talking about, well, here's how I finance my film without having to go through investors and, and corporate and venture capital and all this other stuff. Is, is there more of an opportunity nowadays because the lockdown has really hurt small business? Is this the right time to be starting a small business? Well, I think so. I think you always want to start them in bad. You're better off starting them in kind of bad times. There's a lot of opportunities that have, will be created from this. Probably what uh, maybe 30 or 40 percent of the restaurants in the nation, the locally owned restaurants, are out of business. That's going to create a lot of opportunities. And it's very sad, but yeah. you know, I think they are not in this country. They're not going to be able to keep things shut down permanently. Uh, Merck, as you know, is coming out with a uh, outpatient treatment of just take a few pills for COVID. Right. I mean, that could totally displace, if people have faith in that, that will totally displace the vaccine. Or well, it could. And, and I, find it, I find it interesting that Merck's item bears a strong resemblance to another item uh, that actually got us censored on this platform. But, no. uh, you know, you've got both Merck and Pfizer uh, coming up with a pill... Uh, that bears a remarkable resemblance to the horse pill that everybody mm. was saying. And and now it makes sense why there was this big media push to reframe ivermectin as a, as a veterinary drug rather than something that's been administered to humans for since, since it was first yeah, created. Years. Except it's, it's uh, out, of pat- out of patent, it's a dollar a pill, you don't make any money on it. Yeah, it actually costs much less than that. It's sold throughout Africa. It prevents river blindness. It was developed primarily for human use. The yeah. fellow that developed it uh, won the Nobel Prize, split it with the fellow from Japan. It was discovered in a, an interesting story. They found it in Gulf. Uh, grows a, it's a bacteria that was growing in a golf course in uh, Japan. <laughs> they uh, <laughs> produced this little toxin that was real effective. But probably... 50 million people did not go blind in Africa because of it. Yeah. It's been administered to probably a billion people in its history. And I don't think any of it looked like horses yet. What do you think? Now, we, we've talked before about the the stock prices for some of these pharmaceutical companies. And, we, you know, the, the fact that nine of the last year's new billionaires were related to Big Pharma. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. As as pushback continues on uh, the 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 needles the needle point, how much do you think that would affect stock prices for pharmaceuticals going forward? Are they are they ever going to take a hit on any of this, or are they pretty much insulated? Do you think? Uh, well, I think vaccines will be here to stay. Uh, over time, people will probably have more faith in them. Uh, they'll be have a longer track record. Moderna, the stock of Moderna went from uh, basically 15 pre-COVID to the high was about 384, okay. which is recently, it's currently 324. So then that was all vaccine. That's all uh, 
you know, and it, uh, it's all government purchasing their vaccine. Yeah. And, uh, but eventually, it was kind of an untested, uh, product in the first place. So, well, yeah, now, but eventually, eventually the bottom's got to fall out sometime though. Well, maybe not, not if, uh, not if it's just mandated that, uh, you know, a hundred million Americans get a, a shot every year. And, uh, I mean, I assume there was some volume discount. I don't remember what they sold them to the government for. Yeah. Maybe there was. I think some of the government. Maybe there wasn't. But uh, so they, the vaccines, maybe, and the boosters, maybe here to stay. Well, I mean, so, the government, the government pays twenty dollars for a hammer. So you know, you know yeah, it's three hundred dollars yeah, for a Tylenol is not is not out of the out of the realm of possibility. I guess. Oh yeah. Uh, real quick, just want to say hi to everybody in the chat. Sci-Fi Style, Pop Culture Avenger, Cam1138, just in case. Good to see everybody here. And uh, it's, I don't know, I'm, this this whole thing just smacks of the conspiracies that, you know, and some people are sitting there saying, you know, at some point, when do we start calling the conspiracy theorists spoilers? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because too much of this is actually coming around, and a little bit, a little bit more truth to it than than people want to admit. Uh, hello, Robert. He says, "Do you invest in oil stocks instead of buying BP?" I've bought BP Midstream Partners for the nine percent dividend. Do you have any ideas on if I should buy BP itself or go for Midstream? I have. With the nine percent dividend, I, I, I'm not sure. I assume BP is about a five percent dividend right now. Uh, I don't really know their long-term business plan. That that's traded as a limited partnership, I guess. The BP, so you get a, a K1 rather, which would have a different different tax implication. Let's see here. Now, Ro- Robert's in a- Canada. I don't know if that makes any difference in what kind of stocks are available there, or or I I'm not familiar with how all of that stuff works. But yeah, BP has a about a five percent dividend. Uh, but yeah, I think the dividend would be solid on it. I don't know how. I don't really know how the company operates, but okay. I don't think any of the oil. I don't think oil is going to be going down for a long time. <laughs> Well, so. and uh, and a reminder that uh, we do have uh, you know, that disclaimer at the beginning oh, yeah. of the show. These are just my opinions. Yeah, I personally own some oil stocks, uh, and I bought them for the dividend. Right. Uh, and so, if I just Canadians can buy American stocks. Okay, all right. Yeah, so so I'm a, I'm a little biased. Uh, so well, not <laughs> really biased. I'm trying not to be biased, but as a disclaimer, I do own some oil stocks. Yeah, I don't own it. I don't own any Merck or Moderna. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I just, yeah, I, I I personally would think that uh, the oil dividends are going to be solid for a long time. Uh, a year ago, uh, the last quarter a year ago, Exxon lost about twenty billion dollars. This was their first loss in years, decades, and this first quarter they made it all. Well, they'll make it all back this year. Hmm. Cam says, I think a lot of people don't even think about dividends anymore. Oh, yeah. So, what, yeah, so it, for the for the lay people in the audience, people who are maybe maybe looking at this for the first time, dividends are what exactly? This is the, the percentage? It's essentially an interest payment. Okay. It's uh, after the company pays its taxes, they have profits, and out of those profits, they can pay a dividend. Uh, the oil companies are 
currently have, utilities traditionally paid a pretty high dividend because they didn't need to grow a lot. Uh, if you're expanding, you usually don't pay a dividend because you're putting that money back into your operation. Uh, the oil companies, like British Petroleum pays, they have a 5% dividend. Exxon Mobil is paying um, 5.71. See, had you bought it in January last year, it had almost a 9% dividend. Not that their payment went up, but their price of the stock was lower. Right. So... Robert says, so, where the Texas of Canada and local businessmen have recommended midstream partners and Enbridge-type pipeline stock. Yeah. So, Pipelines are all kind of the same thing. Just, uh, they'll be consistent. Uh, so how many how many of the in, these investments are going to survive the apocalypse when the entire e- economy collapses? Well, <laughs> where should well, the we... pipeline companies won't. You saw Mad Max that we hauling <laughs> around in trucks. So... so. Well, and that does uh, raise an in- interesting point because you know if if Facebook gets split up, you got all these different companies that are that are leaning left, and you you have almost I don't want to say a dual economy at this point, but you know you have a lot of people who are advocating for secession of various different si- states, and you know red states should go their way and blue states should go their way, this and that, the other, and the economies of of both if if we split i mean you see right now with all of the tankers you know the transport boats and all the tankers that are sitting offshore just at anchor because there's there's such a backlog of getting product off the off the boats and then you've got a backlog of transportation because there aren't there aren't as many truck drivers mm-hmm. and now with the whole thing with uh, you know, with the mandates and you know, healthcare workers getting getting fired, and and if you don't take it, you're not going to work, and all of that. I mean, at what point maybe do we have two completely different economies? You know, I mean, I I see where you've got some healthcare workers if they get fired from their current job because they haven't followed the rules on the mandate, maybe they set up shop in their own clinic. Because they're still doctors, they're still nurses. Uh, you know, where wh- whether they've whether they've taken an injection or not, they still have all of the qualifications to practice medicine. So, are but you never know that the governor could say, uh, "Well, you can't you can't practice medicine in any form unless you're vaccinated." I mean, that could be a decent to see that being done. And most yeah, but wouldn't think, that oh, that makes sense? Wouldn't that violate the commerce clause, though? Well, I would. I would think so. It doesn't sound right to me. But, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, they do a lot of things that don't seem right. But. Yeah. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a real quick break. We'll come back with Matt Stevens with more on investment stuff and money and economy stuff when we get back. So don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll be back right after this. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Be sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our channels so you don't miss our next broadcast. Well, that's a good question. 
That's a good question. That's an interesting question. I think it's a very good question. It's a good question. When you need to know, count on Sci-Fi for me to be there asking all of the questions. An interesting question <laughs> you're asking. You know, you ask very good questions, <laughs> but you, you ask such a perceptive, an excellent question. Now you've put your finger on, <laughs> uh, you've put your finger on exactly the heart of the book here. Bringing you news and opinion from all over the web. Sci-Fi for me, delivering the multiverse since 2009. Back live from the bunker, Jason Hunt here. Talking with Matt Stevens about finance and economics and such. Matt, let me ask you this, because we talk, we make jokes about the apocalypse and the collapse of society and the economy and all this other stuff. And I see a lot nowadays from preppers and people who want to live off the grid and all that other kind of thing. And it makes me start to have wonderings and, and thoughts about if the economy collapses. Let's, let's say the, the midterm elections go heavily toward Republicans and conservatives and there's a whole new set of riots that make last year's events look like a, 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 a kid's pizza party. When civilization completely breaks down, money is no longer legal tender. It, it's worthless. I mean, we, we're already looking at predictions of stagflation because, you know, inflation is going up. The value of the dollar just continues to decline. Do we do we put everything in gold? I mean, I've got this I've got this article here from from Zero Hedge. This is a gold fix report says here, uh, gold's behavior this week was pretty straightforward, even if it was a little mysterious. In summary, the metal held its own even in the face of a stronger dollar. At first, this made little sense. Not only was the dollar strong, but bonds were weak. As a market behavior refresher, gold does well when bonds do well, but apparently it's going against type at this point. Yeah, it well... It, look at this one of its main competitions right now right or wrong it's one of its main competitions would be bitcoin and uh i think people are realizing that bitcoin could have issues i mean if the government's treated it if the gov governments of the world wanted to eliminate it well china's already banned it yes and that could happen elsewhere i mean i'm not i'm certainly not predicting that it will but you have to face the facts that that could happen and i don't really know if there could be a underground black market in Bitcoin, it's hard to imagine. <laughs> but, uh, well, does does blockchain does blockchain technology pose that much of a threat to currency? Well, it's it's what people think is a value. I mean, the dollar really has no value. You can't eat it. Uh, I suppose you could burn it, and eat your house with it. But uh, you know, we just determined that something's worth it, worth something, and we. It, trade it back and forth and bitcoin's kind of the same thing yeah and it's been a big speculative vehicle but you know uh, when it first came out i didn't really i knew what it was and i didn't follow it unfortunately i wish i had uh, <laughs> but you know and when it finally exploded i said to my son it just doesn't make any sense and he said well if you would have bought gold i mean what do you do with the gold do you eat it do you use it for anything no not really <laughs> 
So he was pretty much right. I, so I'm trying not to discount any of this yeah. new stuff anymore because I followed it. And I remember the first time I looked at it seriously, it was $80. And, and I went to a hundred, then went to a thousand then went back to 200. I thought, Oh, that's over. <laughs> well, so, and, and sci-fi stop uh, agrees with you. He says, you can't eat gold. You can't make bullets out of gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's suggesting that the new uh, the new objects of currency and trade would be condoms and booze. Um, <laughs> well, and I'm thinking I'm I'm thinking you know Mindy and I have talked you know, kind of kind of half joking when the economy collapses we need to have some stuff you know for barter mm-hmm. and booze of course alcohol is is one of those things where you know cigarettes are the other because you you know, all of the prison prison movies. You know, cigarettes are a thing, and I, as as much as as I want to dismiss those concerns, given that the dollar is not attached to the gold standard anymore, it's got. You know, we've said before, it's got value as long as we say it does. You talked about barter, but the most important thing in bartering through history, and the most important way to control a society is food, and. uh you know, if we make it through the next year without regional food shortages, I'll uh, I'll be impressed. So yeah, that's uh, so that would be your first barter choice. So hopefully it <laughs> won't be a factor. But when I walk through Walmart and see five percent of the shelves completely empty, not yeah. really of staples, but just of anything. Well, and is that? You could, that's is that more supply side deficiencies because the the food is there. I mean, our productivity is oh, yeah. still is still going, but we can't transport anything. and we don't have enough. We don't have enough truck drivers to get it to well, to market. Even during the Irish potato famine, they were still producing plenty of potatoes to feed the population, but the government allocates it elsewhere to yeah. keep the government going. And I'm not saying that'll happen here, but you know, if you're consuming every year 100 percent of the food that's produced, and food production falls 20 percent. Like yeah. if we if we stop uh, pulling natural gas out of the ground to make fertilizer, I mean, half, 50% of nitrogen in your body uh, came from natural gas right yeah. now. So, well, because, now let me ask you this: because the 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 federal government, the administration, has said that they're going to limit uh, monoclonal uh, antibodies, for example, yeah. as a treatment. We're we're going to we're going to limit dispersal of that in the south. In any of those places, could they do the same thing with food supply? Uh, well, I, I mean, we technically, we, we still run we into the commerce clause, but fifty countries that have done that in the past, yeah, and, it, and it's also a way to limit population, of course. But it's been done many times. I don't, you know, that's obviously that's something America has never done, and and with frankly, with the internet and cell phone videos, it's going to be <laughs> a lot harder to do. Well, yeah, and I. But, you know, and I've got my mother-in-law watches a number of different YouTube channels from from people who are self-sustaining and they're you know not necessarily completely off the grid, but you know homesteaders and people who you know they've got their own chickens and they got their own gardens and and for the most part all of these homesteads are self-sustaining to a certain extent, and the older I get and the more I see what's going on around me, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I should probably just put a big fence all the way around the house. And this becomes the, the private compound. And, and we all, we just, we just dig in. And I'm, I'm like, what kind of, what kind of society do we have now 
where people are thinking that we're 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 getting into bunker mentality here it feels like almost well some are um i don't know if you look look through history you know we've america has a really kind of wonderful history in that regard but uh uh you know you never know what since the government wants to keep going and they're powerful enough they will do whatever it takes and uh and if there's a pockets of people uh, certain states, like in the South, like Florida, that uh, you don't really like them, but start by cutting off their supply of monoclonal antibodies, and later on you cut off their supply of rice. I mean, it's just, uh, it's been done many times before. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought that was very odd that the government took over disbursement of monoclonal antibodies because they don't, there's not been a shortage. You just order them. And, yeah. And uh, when you need them, and Florida is one of the oldest states in the union that they said they were going to cut their uh, oldest states population wise, oldest age. Yeah. Uh, they were going to cut their allocation in half. Cam1138 says, I always said to prepare for the zombie apocalypse, even though that wasn't possible. Turns out I was wrong. <laughs> he says, bullets, yeah. beans, band-aids, and booze. Those those should be our, our barter barter items. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, we won't need bullets. So, well, well, you know, they they say, what is it? There's the four boxes of democracy. You've got the soapbox, the the jury box, the ballot box, and the ammo box. Oh. <laughs> and <laughs> how close are we to only having one of those boxes left? Right? It just it just feels like it. It feels like something is about to give, whether uh, it's this year or next year. I, 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 I don't know. It's kind of hard to first indication you know something something serious is happening will be a regional food shortage where like they're just have to ship in some staple i mean i don't think people would starve in the street they say well there's no no uh say bakeries are shutting down because they don't have wheat supplies so they'll be allocating it across yeah. the country so we'll, we'll see if that happens in the next year some, something along those lines maybe it won't be beef Maybe yeah. Well, maybe we need to get the space force thinking about a colony on the moon, or or, or <laughs> okay. privatize, yeah. privatize. Yeah. This is a It'd be hard to irrigate up there, but well, yeah. This is a an article here on Bloomberg talking about some investments in the spotlight. But I go down here, and it says here that Virgin Galactic Holdings uh, shares jumped as much as seventeen percent last week uh, after they were given permission to resume flights by U.S. regulators. So they had been grounded by the FAA since September 2nd, while the agency conducted an investigation concerning an errant trajectory in a July 11th launch. Should we be looking at space-oriented companies, things like SpaceX and Virgin Galactic, and, and maybe there's there's a couple of other companies that are making plans to do something out in the asteroid belt. I mean, should we, should we be looking out there for yeah, some of this? Way far out, but yeah, it, it, uh, there are probably asteroids that would be economically, make econ economic sense to go get. I mean, m most of the gold probably on the Earth probably came from uh, asteroids and meteorites smashing into the Earth and going up in a cloud of dust. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so there are probably asteroids made totally of gold. Of course, if you quadruple or have a huge increase in the amount of gold on Earth, it's, the price would collapse. And so it's, <laughs> but in theory, yeah. if you could go up and mine them. Robert says, when the second American Civil War happens, Canada is planning to surprise, invade, and reestablish the monarchy. Harry and Meghan are already preparing the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Okay, sure. Maybe they take California, the the, uh, the Commonwealth of California, and secede. Yeah, so. there you go. Well, now, and that does that does raise an interesting point because we've seen a lot more activity among the Chinese with their flyovers of Taiwan, and now we've got four aircraft carriers in that area. Now, one of them is Japanese, one of them is British, two United States aircraft carriers. Are we? How how close? I'm not going to say that it won't happen. How close is China's invasion of Taiwan? Do you think? Well, is it possible that they could take it over without firing a shot? Well, that's that's the question, right? Because Taiwan Taiwan has said that they're they're getting their military together. It looks like they're ready to fight. Yeah. But uh, but overall, I mean, because you look at the the global impact, you know, world wars have not just political ramifications, but economic ramifications as well. If we end up, you know, China apparently looks like they're basing aircraft at Bagram in Afghanistan now. So China invades Taiwan. They've got Afghanistan as an ally, which means Russia. And we're going in there with Japan and and supporting Taiwan. Well, uh, and with our current administration in charge, I don't trust them to prosecute a war China, very well. You know, China probably doesn't really need the land of Taiwan. They would like their revenue. I mean, but basically, if they could say they wanted to take over one major company there, could they do it without military action? Maybe, and maybe they could take over five or six, and then that would. That could be the completion of their invasion. And so, so it may not be. They may not have to ever storm. storm well, it. would it be an economic question, or or does it does it follow that the Chinese want to take take Taiwan back out of a a, a sense of. Bragging rights? Well, not necessarily bragging rights, but us reasserting control. We're the ones in charge. You little upstart children, we're going to pull you back in line. And it's more of a domination proof of superiority rather than we need the money that's generated by Taiwan or we want the land. Because Taiwan's not that big, comparatively speaking. So population-wise, they're not going to be able to move a whole lot of Chinese, you know, national national Chinese over to Taiwan. It, it might be kind of an embarrassment because I think people, the lifestyle in Taiwan is quite a bit better than China. I, I think there are 25 million people in Taiwan. Yeah, because you look at what they did to Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Hong Kong, but, uh, you know, it was a wonderful place to live 20 years ago. Now it's, well, 20 years from now, it won't be unless you're a politician. Yeah. South Times is uh, saving face. Uh, it's it's a face saving move for China to take take over uh, Taiwan and basically put them in their place. And I think that's that's true. But but it all leans back into that, you know, conspiracy of you know the Hunger Games are right around the corner. And you know I even I even put the question out on Twitter the other day. Are the 12 districts fighting for food, are those the 12 American districts, or are we talking about 12 worldwide districts? Because that does really kind of have, a, have an impact on who gets to, who gets to fight. Yeah. But it does, it just, every day I'm seeing headlines that really 
have me wondering if if people are reading 1984 as an instruction manual or Animal Farm. And I'm thinking, at what point do we do we say enough is enough? Well, uh, when when people are unable to heat their homes and when people are hungry, uh, you might have seen a number of coal plants are shutting down in Germany now, mm. electric plants, so because they don't have coal. So I and their backup, as far as I know, is wind. So that is does not work most of the time. Yeah. Robert, and, said, uh, Robert and, says China has made literally dozens of territorial claims against almost all of their neighbors, established a town in disputed mountain passes uh, on the Indian border. Well, they've been loaning money to other countries. I don't know if that's, that could be financial, that they loan money to countries and then uh, go and build stuff and then uh, kind of run it and then they yeah. just take it over. So. Well, could that be a lot of what's driving China is the fact that they they don't have... Well, as compared to, to the amount of land that they have versus the population that they have, could it be a, a question of limited resources for them? Yeah, they don't. I don't think they have. They don't have a whole lot of oil and uh, other things. So they they need to. They they want the land. They want to. You know, they want their genetics material to run the world. So yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, a lot of a lot of races do. So. Well, you because you talk about you know limited resources here when when the food starts to go short, and you know we've seen now with the transportation issues being what they are, and we supply a lot of food to other parts oh, of yeah. the world. So oh, yeah. you know all of that gets impacted. What happens when we can't sell it anywhere else? We just distribute it here, well, and and but it's still not going to be enough. Well, the history of the world would show before we fed 100% of our people, we would sell overseas to, to generate money to keep the government running. I mean, that's just the way it's always been done. Yeah. But yeah, if, if we did not produce food, if we did not export food, there would be starvation around the world. And there's no question about it. We are a huge food producer. So, uh, the world can't survive it. And, but part of that is we need fossil fuels to do it. We need natural gas to make fertilizer. We need oil to make uh, run the tractors so uh, it's all often forgotten so so when when the economy collapses and i say when not if when the economy collapses and we have a division of states the national divorce as it were right um what what resources could become our new gold standard? Do you think? Oh, it, do we have them? It could be. Could be food. I mean, could be. Uh, our our technology has always been been remote. We stay out of the way of the people developing technology. We'll probably be, always be at the forefront. Almost every, even though we don't make everything, almost everything that revolutionizes the world was created in America the last the last fifty years. I mean, I can't. I'm sure you can come up with something that wasn't. Well, I was thinking, I heard somewhere, I think, that uh, a lot of our microchips are manufactured in Taiwan right now. Is that? Oh, yes, absolutely. All right. So that could that could become an issue if China decides they're going to take over Taiwan. And now suddenly our our microchip supply is cut off. No no more new iPhones. We could be uh, producing 
lots of microchips really fast and we could gear up and do it and do it better more it'd be more expensive here but yeah it, we could gear up to replace them there's no doubt about it and everybody knows that if as long as Earth, the government regulators did not get in the way of it which is an excellent chance they would so sure well i mean the government likes to get their hands in everything as it is now so <sighs> all right so doom and gloom all the way around. It, are there any, are there any positive signs anywhere that that you can see on the horizon? Oh, sure. Yeah, there's there's a well. The government's going to continue creating more money, so that, that'll be floating <laughs> around and keep the stock market up for a while. Yeah. Uh, Sci-Fi Snob says Intel just built a new plant in the U.S. trying to minimize supply interruptions. I was not aware of that. That's that's a good sign. Intel. Oh, they did. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah I was aware of that. Yeah, so, and you keep in mind, uh, microchips were pretty much developed in 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 the United States. So, uh, you know, they, and I'm sure we can figure out a way to manufacture them more efficiently than they ever were before. Yeah. So, if we're facing yes. if we're facing the prospect of some kind of military conflict, where should we be putting our money right now? Do you think? Well, gold has always held its value, so and it's easy to store. I don't know. It, it's uh, a good guess. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think the booze is a always a value. Of course, that's pretty easy to make as long as you got the, the corn. So, yeah. uh, tobacco products. Uh, uh, Robert yeah, I Robert says I bought British American Tobacco Corp. Even in the zombie apocalypse, dudes will pay for cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, that I think people could live without tobacco if they were had to choose between food or. Yeah. So, the transportation stuff. I mean, you're gonna. I mean, I couldn't function for a week without. Uh, I couldn't work at all. Most people couldn't without gasoline for transportation. Uh, I did see that they're developing. I've been waiting for years for them to start developing for electric cars a solid state battery. I've been waiting for years for capacitors, and finally, somebody's doing it. Because chemical storage of electricity is not good. Well, and and that raises this topic. I have this uh, this article here. The headline: First responders aren't prepared for lithium fires when Teslas crash and uncontrollably uh-huh. burn. Because <laughs> apparently, I guess uh, this this was one of those self-driving cars from uh-huh. Tesla, and it apparently had an had an accident. And caught fire, and the the lithium in the batteries for the car pretty much immolated the entire car. They the the first responders, the fire teams, the firefighters couldn't put the fire out. They ended up uh, with I think they ended up using about ten times as much water that they would normally use for a car fire, and the entire car is just gone. Oh yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I, I've never actually burned it, but it's probably similar to magnesium, which, you know, is the thing they put in fireworks to yeah. make it burn extra hot and bright. Well, and I'm so, wondering if maybe we ought to, maybe if, if lithium becomes a thing in the apocalypse, maybe we ought to start in, investing in lithium battery well, could, manufacturers. Yeah, Afghanistan to get a supply of it, though. Oh, is, is that right? Is that where that, a lot of it is, huh? A lot of it, yeah. China now has about 80% of the known lithium supply in the world now with now that they're in Afghanistan. 
there's been very little of it produced there, but it's there. Yeah. So it will be now. People have been trying to do it for decades, but China will actually be able to pull it off. Well, and, and we keep getting, you know, encouraged to buy electric cars. If this is a thing, I mean, if first responders can't deal with this, address this kind of a situation, do you think this is going to put off people buying a an electric car if they see this no. kind of thing? No, no, but uh, if it's a problem, then they'll figure out a way to make people prepay for the possibility of it happening, which would cause, add to the cost of the car. But no, people, you know, I drive a car, and gasoline burns. I'm not expecting my car to ever burn up. So, Well, yeah, but... Uh, the the battery catching fire i mean everybody you know if if a if a gas if the gasoline catches fire in a car it's, easy it's to easier out. to put out yeah uh sci-fi snob says there was an electric car that burned while charging burned two other vehicles no one will take the trash it's too toxic <laughs> I, <coughs> oh i hadn't thought about the trash from something like that but yeah they'll uh they'll probably have to deal with it on this on the on the purchase side, I would guess. Well, you know, it's it's absurd that com- that companies would charge more if they end up having to to pay more in their costs, right? I mean, our, oh yeah, our press secretary <laughs> said that. It must be true. <clears throat> Crazy times we live in. I just, I sometimes I just sit there and I just shake my head at all of the stuff that I see, and I wonder just how much more there's going to be. Well, you know, but one one point about electric cars that I can see being a benefit, I mean, you have, you're going to produce a lot more electricity. I mean, if 5% of the cars in California were electric, they would have no electricity. I mean, it, it would just soak them all up. But one thing, you plug those in at night, and you probably plug them in at work when you're uh, in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and... They could not be. They could end up being the huge storage. They could be end up being the biggest storage of electricity in the country. Just uh, people having millions of electric cars plugged in in the afternoon. They're charging up when the sun is out. They go home at night when it's dark. Their car is plugged in at home, and they pull the battery, the electricity out of those batteries and into the grid. I think that's something that uh, you can look for. Could will be a factor at some point. But aren't we aren't we also looking at the fact that if you 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 store yeah you plug them in to charge them, but the electricity that's coming from the grid is fed by you know coal fired plants, oh, yeah. it's not really doing anything in terms of environmental impact. Uh, Robert even says uh, 2012 volt owners are finding out it costs almost as much as a new car to put a new battery in the car, up to twelve thousand dollars to replace a battery. Yeah, I don't know how long they last, but yeah, that would be a lot more than the new engine would cost. Well, at what point do we look at nuclear again? Uh, I I think it's right now. Uh, I I was discussing with a fellow today that it's totally out of the news now. So I think since it is out of the news, they can probably start building some nuclear plants. I think they'll go with smaller plants in the future. Mm -hmm. Uh, They could build a nuclear plant the size of a boxcar, and it would power a city the size of Lawrence. And sure, that would have more nuclear material spread around, but it'd be any disaster. I think would be more controlled then. Yeah. So that's probably going to happen. I, I think that's what will be the case. Sci-fi uh, says the battery starts oh. to lose charge after five years. Five years. Five years. Yeah. 
but nuclear like you say there's still there's still problems with the with the waste and the and the and the after the after process materials and stuff do we wait yeah. do we wait until fusion becomes a real thing oh well yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean it'd be nice wouldn't it have you i've been following uranium i got interested in uranium about a year ago and it did absolutely nothing until a few weeks ago let's get a price on it yeah uh, Stop says, look into mini and micro reactors on Google. Apparently, there might be something there, so we'll have to look into that. <clears throat> uranium futures here the last year. Let's make a chart on it. Oh, it's, yeah, this is not updating, but it's gone up dramatically just in the last last two months. It did nothing yeah. throughout the oil uh, run-up. With all of the with all of the regulatory mess, though, how likely is it that we could get new new nuclear plants online and and built? Because we haven't built a we haven't built a nuclear plant in this country in what forty forty five years, probably. Well, like I say, as long as it's out of the news, you might they might be able to do it. So <laughs> when we start talking about it on the news, it'll, it'll go away. But, so maybe we're uh, actually hurting it here by discussing it. <laughs> well, we'll we we'll we'll leave it at that then. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, that's that's going to wrap up our hour here. Uh, Robert says there's a Canadian firm, Ballad Power. It's been announcing hydrogen-powered cars were on the horizon. He says they've been on the horizon my entire adult life since the 1980s. Well, they they're great. I mean, they're easy to build. They're very similar to gasoline powered, but uh, you've got to get the hydrogen. So, and yeah. the most common way is through electrolysis of water. So it's a big loser energy wise, but you can, it's a way to store the electricity essentially. Well, and I remember when I was in high school, our physics class, we talked about heavy water as mm -hmm. a supply for nuclear fission plants and heavy water, of course, has an extra, an extra electron or an extra, pro, uh, I think it, it's got, so it's got H, an it's I got an it's extra PO two. Yeah, and and that heavy water when I remember she said a cubic meter of heavy water extra neutron cam says, thank you. A cubic meter of heavy water would be enough to power, I think oh, what was she saying? It was a lot. And and I I couldn't wrap my head around the, the amount of power and electricity that could be generated just from a cubic meter of it. And that's not a lot. No. No, it's not. It's, and, but I don't know how you would strip that power out of break off the neutron. Yeah. It's apparently easy. But it's used mainly in uh, atomic research. There's a series on Netflix called The Heavy Water Wars, dealing with <laughs> World War II. It's actually quite good. It's a Norwegian series. Yeah. I think it's in English. But uh, we, we sank a... We stopped the... Uh, German nuclear program by sinking a ship that was full of heavy water. So, interesting. So, I'll check that out. Yeah, heavy water wars. All right. Well, we will leave it at that. Thanks very much, Matt Stevens, for being here today and sharing your thoughts on economic things. Those of you who are prepping for the apocalypse, you know, make sure that you've got enough supplies. And uh, I guess some of that. Well, build a windmill on your on your property or something, maybe. Right. Uh -huh. all right that's going to do it for us today thanks very much for watching everyone 
Uh, don't forget H2O podcast tonight. And uh, of course, if you are inclined to listen to these shows as a podcast, we're on a number of different podcast players. And uh, don't forget new day and time for Salacious Crumbs. McKenna is back as host. We're working around her school schedule. So the new sh- the new time for this show is Sundays at 5 p.m. Eastern for Centrals. We hope you join us. There is a new episode out there right now that we dropped yesterday. So go check that out. If you have not subscribed to the channel yet, we do invite you to do so and have your notifications turned on. And we will be back to do all of this again, hopefully tomorrow, uh, as long as we've got enough coffee. And remember... <laughs> There are four lights. Bye, everybody. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2021 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.